Hey, hey, good bitches, and welcome to this week's episode of Good Bitch. I'm Jules Rangi Heyewear. And I'm Jodie Clark, and we're just two good bitches trying to live good lives. Today, GBs, we're interviewing a financial educator, business strategist, and mentor, Melissa Brown. The money expert is here with Good Bitch. Now, she's not your typical money or business chick. Mel's passion is to help women particularly move from where they are now to a place they didn't even believe was possible. Love it. Mel, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. How have you been, doll? Lockdown? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I um, My husband's been overseas for 11 and a half weeks with the uh, Prague, Paris, uh, the Olympics. So oh, I what? Am. That sounds amazing. I know. Sorry, is he and competing? I'm, no, he's a physio. So he looked after Jess Fox, who oh, won. Oh, wow. Medal. Yeah. Oh, you could have told us anything then and we would have been like, wow. <laughs> so I did not sign up to do ISO alone, I have to say. So it's been interesting. And does he send you the good morning text, you know, with the fucking Eiffel Tower and shit in the background and you're like, can so you fuck off? They weren't allowed to be out, but I, every time he would send something nice, I just was like, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. yeah. Reams t- uh, tasting champagne one day. I'm like, oh I'm my block goodness. you if you keep this up. This is not cool. The audacity. Uh, we're huge fans yeah. of the uh, the Audi shampers on the balcony. So, mm. you know, we're giving him a run for his money. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Top, top shelf only. Top shelf only here. Now, Mel, we're just going to jump straight into it. Can you give our GBs a little spiel of who you are and your journey, etc.? Sure. So I'm an ex-accountant, ex-financial advisor, ex-till I drop, ex-working till I drop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now I'm all about financial education. So teaching women particularly get from where they are to a place that's better than even they thought possible. And I do that through courses and books and uh, speaking and more. And part of my story is at the age of 33, so I'm a Western Sydney bogan, I grew up without without really talking about money. My dad retired early, but I didn't understand how he did it. And at the age of 33, I uh, divorced my then husband and he had a throwaway line that he said, when you're in that emotional state where he just said, you're not gonna make it on your own. Wow. And I went, okay, well, fuck you. I'm gonna show you that I'm gonna make it on your own. And I took all of the money in my bank accounts, all of the divorce settlement and gave it all to charity. And I wanted to ring them the next day and say, I'd really like that back. I'm Mm. the charity. (laughs) I didn't keep money for bond. I didn't keep money for wages, Mm. for all of those things. And it took me, I had to move into a frat house with six friends. Mm. Um, I needed to, uh, you know, put my business on credit card for a couple of years and really teach myself how to come back from that to the point where in my 40s now I have the choice to work or not. So I, uh, my story is both the theory of I know this stuff, but also the life experience of I haven't always made smart choices, but now it's about how can you actually create a life by design rather than one that you want to escape from. So relatable. I mean, you've got the share house and I'm the same with you because I um, got made redundant and then I was on Centrelink for a bit there. Every time people would ask me for money on the street, I was like, hun, I need as much as you need at the moment. (laughs) Can I sit down with you at the moment? Yeah, literally. (laughs) We can collaborate. (laughs) What a a journey. Mm. I love that. So obviously you've you've come a long way. Um, What would you say is your money type now? And can you just break that down for our GBs? Yeah, so you, I believe that 
uh, we have this twin parts of money, nurture and nature. And your nature part of money is your money types. So there's four different money types and most of us are a hybrid of that, meaning we're more than one. Uh, So there's the relator, so they're going to find themselves rescuing a lot. So Mm -hmm. the bushfires happen, they're like, how much can I give? Mm -hmm. You know, you walk past the homeless person on the street, you want to empty your wallet. Um, You want to rescue Mm -hmm. your friends. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're going to be amazing at networking and collaborating and doing stuff with people. Uh, The worker, where you're the sort of person that it's all about personal exertion. On the weekend, you want to find jobs and keep busy. Holidays, you're not resting by the beach. You're like, right, what are we doing? Where can we go? Mm And for you, it's about moving you beyond personal exertion so that you don't walk, look around frustrated because you're working harder, but people have more. Uh, there's a discerner, which I am. So we're uh, the strategic thinkers, the most cynical of the money type. So just because you tell me to do something, it's probably going to be why I'm not going to do it because I mm. want to think of it for myself. My kryptonite's paralysis by analysis where I can just get in my head and overthink and not be able to move. But my superpower is strategically thinking. So I can come up with strategy A, B, C, D and outthink uh, people. And then the final one is the creator. So they're going to feel comfortable with words like manifesting and mantras. And for them, deprivation is something they hate. Uh, they most at risk of get-rich-quick schemes, but they can use their incredible ability to imagine, to come up with financial challenges, to gamify and to do their finances in a different way. Mm. And do you think these types are quite, uh, I want to say hereditary, you know, we learn these types from our parents because Jodes and I were mm. having a conversation the other day that our parents instilled this fear in us that mm, we had to yeah. be working. Yeah, I think it's part that, but... Certainly, I see money types as uh, that inherent. Like I'm, I'm super introverted. I can be situationally extroverted, but my natural place is introversion. I didn't necessarily inherit that from my parents, but my money stories, I absolutely took that from my parents. So, around power and control, needing to be independent, not trusting other people. The money story that you just talked about around hard work, that's the thing that's going to get mm. you places. And with those money stories, that's the ones that you want to question to say, is that serving me? Do I need to amplify that? Or is it sabotaging me? And I actually need to rewrite that and figure out what's actually going to be the thing that I want to make my money story. Oh, my gosh. Therapy 101. I love this. (laughs) Um, But I think that's what it's at the heart of money, right? Mm. Mm. We want this seven-step approach. We want the box, whereas most of us don't fit into a box. Mm. And it's actually figuring out who we are and what are the habits that are going to best serve us. Amen. Now, Mel, doing our research on you, these three words kept coming up together, and I don't think I've ever read them uh, in one sentence that had was to do with a financial educator, and that is sex, money, and the <laughs> ick. Can you please elaborate for us? Absolutely. So, and I don't know whether it is as much now, but I still think it is there where sex, money, uh, politics, they was, were not so polite dinner conversations. Mm. Um, and certainly when it came to sex, it was an almighty ick factor when it came to it. You know, nice girls didn't talk about it and we certainly didn't say we wanted more of it. Whereas thanks to books and magazines and movies, oh, God, certainly that Netflix one that was out. Sex Life. Lockdown. Sex <laughs> Life, honey, I've got you. <laughs> you three minutes, three minutes, 45, out. yeah. <laughs> so I'm a 
almost feel like sex has got less of an ick factor, but money's just gone right. Well, handed it across to me because I'm the one that makes everyone feel comfortable, uncomfortable. Mm. And it is that thing where it's not a polite dinner conversation. It's not something that over drinks we can say, so tell me about how much you're earning or tell me what your debt's like or tell me how you're investing. That's when you kind of go back off. Whereas if you said, you know, tell me about your sex toys that you've got in your, your drawer, you'd go, oh, sure. Uh, do you want this one or this one? And this is one I got last week. So I want to change that conversation so we feel more comfortable talking about money. Mm. Well, I think we can I relate to that because, yeah, even talking about this, mm. even when we were researching and talking, I had a real resistance to it and I had yeah. to check myself on why I'm resisting talking about that. money. Whereas yeah. if you listen to one of our episodes, I will talk about the walls oh, of my vagina. Anything. Yeah, really? my period, yeah. blood, discharge. When it yeah. comes to money, absolutely not. Ooh, yeah. Let's not talk about credit. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> And it is that thing that we brought up with that it's just not polite. Yeah. And the media spins into this, particularly with women, we're told that we're spenders and we're not good with money. And if it's, and the media messages are often about uh, finding little, you know, small changes and reducing our expenses. Whereas to the blokes, it's about this is how you show your masculinity and this mm. is how you should be investing. So it's, we need to have a better conversation about it so that we can change the narrative for ourselves. It is super interesting that I feel like men from a young age have always sort of been pushed to be financially literate and they've been offered resources Mm. to become that because it's seen to be masculine and desirable. Um, And then us, us gals over here, I feel I have to, we have to, we have to dig a bit deeper to find those resources. Thankfully now there are some amazing, you know, people out there like yourself spreading the word and some, even some amazing podcasts that we listen to that. Mm. But yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? That Mm. dynamic. And there's a lot of, uh, it's interesting the the research that has busted it. So Mm. over in the UK, there was a Warwick Business School research piece where um, they pitted men and women against one another when it came to investing. And both men and women over, it it was a long study, a number of years, they both beat the index, meaning they both did better than the index in the share market. But the women outperformed the men. Wow. And yet uh, 93% of people when they were surveyed in American uh, study said that they believed that men were better investors. So we need, like we're holding these inherent beliefs and money stories. Yeah. And if we're not talking about them, we're just walking around believing it subconsciously. So defaulting to our partner if we have a male partner or just saying, well, I'll just let someone else have it because I'm not going to be any good at that. Whereas Mm. the truth is we're freaking amazing at it. A hundred percent. Now, sort of speaking on that, I know you're also passionate about sort of foregoing this nasty talk of budgets. <laughs> what can you tell What can you tell our GBs about budgets? Because I feel like that's another thing that we've had hammered into us from a young age. You need a budget, you need to save. Mm. Yeah. So I'm all about understanding how much it costs you to live. Mm-hmm. So we need to understand our monthly expenses. We want to get excited about our goals. We want to set up a financial life that works for us, which probably means multiple bank accounts, automating all that sort of stuff. But budgets don't work in the same way that diets don't work. And this has again been scientifically proven with research. So you think about a diet, you'll do it, you'll go hard for a period of time and they don't work. They've proven not to work. You put more weight back on afterwards. And it's Mm. the same with money. You'll go hard, you'll be super strict, and then at the end of it, you you bust out and before you might have gone on a trip to Bali or bought that thing that you wanted. 
Whereas instead, I'm a fan of spending well, of understanding that digitized payments actually cause us to spend well, that, that things like Afterpay, which seems like a neat product, causes us to overspend. Uh, so it's being aware of what's happening in our life and then setting up a financial life that actually helps us. You know, I don't have chocolate in the house. If I do, it's with the understanding mm-hmm. that it's coming in and it's it's being eaten immediately. So I don't yes. have it in my pantry. I don't have credit in my life. Mm. I don't have credit cards for that exact same reason. I know it will cause me to overspend. So I just don't have it. Mm. And yet this isn't something that's challenged. We think, oh, a sign of adulting is having a credit card. A sign mm. of adulting is using these great platforms when actually it's not. Mm. Yeah, I've got a credit card, but I do this thing where it literally I'll spend on it just out of convenience to get the points, and then yeah. I'll pay, and then I'll pay it off as soon as I get paid, or as yep. soon as I can, essentially. Mm. And I feel I just I need to see those zeros. Yeah, which I love, but I would <laughs> challenge to say mm. you're spending on it to get the points, and mm. are you overspending to get those points? True. <laughs> True. Jody's like, get off my neck. <laughs> <laughs> the personal attacks have started. <laughs> Mel, we've had a number of our GBs reach out with financial dilemmas in relationships. What's your advice to girls in financially unequal relationships? They're constantly having to pay for their boyfriend because, as we know, that broke dick be hitting different. <laughs> What's your advice? <laughs> so when a woman's earning out earning more than a partner, yes. yep. I love that. So there are a couple of elements at play, and, and that's a power and control situation, where if a guy has been brought up with a money story that you have to look after your female partner, that you have to have the role of protector, then sometimes that'll be a situation where you can't talk about money, where a woman will sometimes feel like that she can't ask for pay rises or she feels an uncomfortability where they can't talk about money within that relationship. So she just says, oh, I've got it. Let's not talk about it. And it's mm. and it's totally broken. We're discussing, instead of that position of judgment, discussing that money story, saying, hey, I've heard about this thing called a money story. Can you tell me what yours might be? Or do you suspect it might be this? And coming at it with curiosity rather than judgment. Mm. But I'd also be having that conversation where you want to have shared goals. And if you've got a passenger in the relationship financially where they're looking at you going, well, you're earning the funds and I'm just going to come along for the ride mm. and have that expectation that you'll, you'll just have this, mm. that's not necessarily attractive either. So it's, again, having that conversation to say, hey, what goals do we have together? Mm. What do we want and how are we both going to contribute? We might be super comfortable with it being unequal, that what does that look like? A hundred percent. What what would you say to our listeners that are keen on retaining their they're fully happy and committed in their partnership, but they mm. want to create that sense of financial independence for themselves, which I personally feel is super important. Oh, what so if something goes important. left and you yeah. you know what I mean? You like yep. how can we help women? I have horror stories of women in their forties that have had a divorce that don't understand uh, what how to manage finances, don't know didn't know how much was in the bank when they split mm. and didn't realize that a second mortgage had been taken out on their house um, and that's how they had the lifestyle they were living. I'm such a fan of financial independence. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a relationship, I believe everyone should have some money of their own. 
So one would be your own spending money. You know, I never want to go to my partner and ask permission to spend. I mean, mm. that just turns you into a parent-child relationship instantly. That's not attractive. No. Now imagine going to bed with your dad or your bed with your mum. No. You know, oh, God. That's not <laughs> And essentially, you've you've infantilized me. So that's what you're turning it into. Mm. But I also am a fan of if things go pear-shaped, I want to have control. Mm. I want to make sure I have safety. And I can actually be safer and more secure in my relationship because I have financial independence. So investing on your own as well as together, I'm such a fan of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to start to wrap up the interview part of uh, this amazing episode. You know, you've been in your field for years. You're a professional. So we just want to ask this really important question, Mel. (laughs) Who should pay on the first date? Oh, that's such a great question. So if it was me, Mm -hmm. I would want to split it Mm -hmm. because for me, I wouldn't want to set up that relationship where the expectation is that you've got this. And I would Mm. want to establish that boundary from the get-go, that the expectation is that I come as your equal. Mm. But I kind of think it depends on who's asked. Mm. So if I'd asked my potential partner out, the expectation would be that I'd pay Mm -hmm. or I would at least offer to pay. Mm -hmm. And same, if, if they asked, I would... The expectation is that I would expect them to offer, yes. but then I would then say, no, of course I'll pay half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I'm huge on the offer. Yeah. I'll, I'll always offer even if they want to do the chivalrous thing, which is so fine. Yeah. Always got to offer at least. Thank God yeah. you said that because that was actually our advice to a GB yes. a few weeks back. They asked this nice. question. So, look, we're basically on the same level as professionalism. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. You'll be starting a finance podcast next. Hey. <laughs> All right, GBs, we're going to go to break, but stick around. Because we have a confession from Melissa Brown. Follow your gals at Good Bitch Pod. We'll be right back. All right, good bitches. We're back with Melissa Brown and we're going to head straight into our question Mm. for her. Obviously, we're talking money today, okay? So we thought. Let's turn the tables. Let's get <laughs> Melissa to sort of shed light on some of her most embarrassing money fuck-ups. I reckon they're giving it all to charity. It's got to be out there. Where, like, I'm an, I'm an accountant. I'm a financial advisor. I'm someone that is advising people on how to manage their business and manage yeah. their finances. And I'm having to move into a frat house. Um, I don't have money for for bond. I'm the one that is in financial strife that's going, shit, how am I going to pay this bill Mm. next week? Like that that has to be my number one financial screw up. And I'm grateful for it now. Yeah. Uh, Well, at least you're going straight to heaven, doll. Yeah. (laughs) You're number one. You're number one on the list. Damn it. I did set up a a bank with that, which is essentially what Opportunity International did. So I feel good about it. Didn't at the time. What do you think was behind that? Such a brazen move. What do you think was behind that? Was it emotionally charged? Totally emotionally charged. Yeah. I loved this charity for a long time. So Mm. there was that piece. Yeah. It was a total fuck off play where I was like, you you've told me that I'm emotionally reacting to that. Yes. Mm. I never want you to say that any of my future success came back to you. Yeah. Mm. And I, I just never wanted that. Maybe it was that element of taking your power back mm. as well because he yeah. made you feel so diminished. Absolutely. And I'm a fan. So if a woman is going through a separation or a divorce or just an emotional situation, I'm a fan of having a friend um, mm. or a professional where you run 
any decision that is a big decision during that time. Because if I'd run that past a good friend, they would have said, I love that idea. How about you put that in a bank account and then do it in 12 months if you can, if, if it's can. still there? Mm. Or yeah. why don't you give a percentage of that now and mm. then do some later? Yeah. Um, whereas me, it's just, I'm that, I'm Sagittarius. I'm just that person where I'm like, throw it and think about it later. Go off, <laughs> go off, Sag. queen. We'll look at paint and off. And I'm a bogan. So, you know, it's the Western Sydney bogan in me that's like, come on, I'll sc- <laughs> oh, let's scrap, let's go. <laughs> Represent. Well, to make our GBs feel a bit better, Jodes, I thought that we could also admit to our biggest money fuck ups. You that. might blow over and die hearing these, Mel, but oh, do you want to take, take us away, Jodes? Oh, my biggest money fuck ups. Well, I've actually been doing something semi embarrassing during the pandemic. Look, it's 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 not the end of the world, but I've gotten this routine when I do drink, I'm shopping online. Oh yes. And yeah, I'm usually drunk spending is actually one of the trends of the pandemic. You are right. Wow. So I'm not alone I'm not alone in You're this. You're not alone. No. Because I'm not usually a shopper, am no. I? But it's become a weird thing. Yeah. And then sometimes I get a bit of a shock the next day when I see the confirmation email. I was like, I don't remember logging on to bloody Meshki. What am I going to do yeah. with these leather pants? She buys like really outrageous like crop tops and leather pants. I'm like, look, I love the confidence for you, babe. <laughs> then I try to palm them off to Jules. Yeah. Next day, she goes, would you ever wear this? I'm like, like, have you been drunk shopping again? <laughs> <laughs> so I have rules for that. So uh, I have two rules for people that are drunk shopping. One mm. is drunk shop, but don't drunk buy. So put it mm. in your shopping cart, but have a rule that it's got to be in your shopping cart for 24 hours mm-hmm. or the minute you pour a drink, you cannot shop. Ooh. And that then removes that. Yeah. So simple, yet so effective. So simple. Well, yeah. my biggest money fuck up was cost me thousands, almost about $10,000. And it was when I was in my teens, so maybe that's my saving grace. But when I went on a classic Kuntiki trip, um, yeah, I booked like the biggest one. I think they, it went for like 48 days or something. It was big. It was, wow. yeah, literally almost 10 grand. And I ran away on the second night. And th- there's no refunds for that. Like no. you just lose your money. Yeah. I got Ouch. there. I had already been traveling by myself for three months. I'm a Perth girl. So Perth people, it's easier for us to go overseas than interstate. Yeah. So I was already quite. I wouldn't say well travelled because I've been to fucking Cooter Beach a lot, but you know, I had already done the things. I've got into, I've got Kiwi parents, so I yeah. wasn't, an, I'm not an Aussie bogan. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then, um, yeah, I just, I was kind of like, this just ain't my jam. I wasn't getting along with anyone, so yeah, just uh, in the middle of the night in Italy, I hitchhiked to Croatia. I went to a music festival instead. I really like, love that you did that. Though. I, I kind of yeah. love it. Fuck up. No. <laughs> do you know what's so funny? When no. I called my mother, she goes, "I knew you'd do this. Yeah. I knew it." Uh, uh, Mel, we've loved having you. We have one last question that we ask every interviewee. Mm. What's one thing you've never told anybody before? Yeah, I was trying to think of this and I just don't think I'm that interesting. So I don't think there is anything that I haven't told someone. Okay. But certainly something that not many people know is that, uh, so I'm an accountant, I'm a financial planner, I've kind of got that background and you presume that I'm that maths nerd. I didn't study maths in year 12. I just didn't do it. I didn't Mm. have it as a subject for my HSC. Um, And in year 11, I had a teacher, I was doing uh, four unit maths and then I dropped to three unit and I was going to drop to two. And she said to me, well, you may as well not do it. And because I'm that rebel personality, I went, Mm. is that an option? Yeah. And you could just see her pale and I, yeah, dropped out of maths. And people presume that because I'm a numbers person that I must therefore be uh, have done all of that, that I'm just not. 
Okay, but I love this even more. Yes. I feel like you're even more relatable now that you're not as book smart as uh, <laughs> yeah. you're catfishing us to be. <laughs> <laughs> but it also means that you don't, like, quite literally you need, you don't even need year 10 maths to do, mm. to be good at finances. You well, you don't. Uh, Why the bloody hell would you need to know about isosceles triangles when Mm. we've got a bloody calculator these days? I'm sorry. You just need this. You just need your phone. And a bit of of common sense. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I love that. Well, I think that's it. I think that's it for this week. Absolutely love the conversation. I feel changed. A changed woman. I feel like a changed woman. No more drunk spending. No, no. I'm happy. I promise, (laughs) Melissa, the buck stops with you, babe. How can our good bitches connect with you online and find more about how to improve their financial situation? So if you jump over to Insta, I'm on More Money for Shoes, so mm-hmm. which shows that I am both loving the now but also looking after my future self. Yep. Um, or head to melissabrown.com, one L, two S's, fancy brown with an E on the end, and there's loads more there. Fantastic. Well, there you go, good bitches. Make sure you connect with Melissa, and we will see you next Tuesday. We love you. 